Welcome to Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces. I'm your host, Cassiopeia. You can find new episodes every Friday available on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe through Anchor or sign up on the Patreon page, both links are in the bio, for access to bonus episodes, early episode plays, and more. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at creepycases.spookyspaces for all news and updates. Due to the graphic nature of some of the cases and spaces featured on this show, listener discretion is advised. Hey, spooky creeps. Did you miss me? Because I definitely missed all of you. Um, I was actually kind of lost while I took my uh, my little pause in life. Um, I still kept up with research, uh, just so I wouldn't fall like too far behind. But not recording and creating content like actually threw me off each week. I kept forgetting, or well, not forgetting, but I kept feeling like I was forgetting to do something. So I'm happy to get back into the swing of things. I'm happy to be recording and creating content for you guys. Um, and once again, I'm really just so thankful for the support. I've actually seen um, listener and plays kind of skyrocket um, over the past past few weeks. So thanks so much. Keep sharing the webpage. Keep um, keep doing what you're doing. But before we get into today's uh, creepy case, if you're not already, be sure to follow me on social media, Instagram and Facebook, creepycases.spookyspaces for all future news updates, any changes that are going to be coming to the podcast, um, any cool stuff that's going to be going on, and just to kind of stay in the know. And don't forget, subscribers to Anchor and Patreon subscribers also get access to exclusive content, some bonus episodes, and thank you swag. So be sure to sign up for one of those if you haven't already. And you can also find the Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces Scented Candles, which are available in the Wiccan Fay shop on pizzaandpigtails.com. So be sure to um, check those out. And there is a, um, a, you can buy them singly or you can buy them as a set. So definitely head on over, check those out, get you some. And yeah, let's get started. This week's case is one that's actually just about as creepy as they come. And um, I'm also going to push that discretion warning um, because this does have details about violence against children. Um, So please, listener discretion is advised. One man, four days, 16 dead, and four injured. Almost an entire family completely wiped out, including children as young as three months old. The monster who committed the crimes was related, a husband, a father, and grandfather of the victims. 
This is the creepy case of Ronald Jean Simmons. Ronald Jean Simmons and his family relocated to a farm at 250 Broomfield Road, just outside of Dover, Arkansas, after fleeing from New Mexico. You see, Simmons was being investigated by the Department of Human Services for reports that he had fathered his 17-year-old daughter Sheila's child, and it had come to light that he had been sexually abusing Sheila since she was 15, when, for some reason, he started to prefer his daughter to his wife. Fearing that he would be arrested for this crime, he took his family and fled in 1981. They first moved to Ward, Arkansas, before ending up in Dover in 1983, and Simmons successfully avoiding arrest for the abuse of his own child. The family wound up on a large tract of land known as Mockingbird Hill, a desolate and isolated property. The home was actually two older model mobile homes that had kind of been constructed and joined to form one large residence. And there was no working phone or indoor plumbing, and it was surrounded by a large privacy fence that stood about 10 feet tall in some areas. During this time, Simmons bounced from job to job, quitting his position as an accounts receivable clerk at Woodline Motor Freight after he had numerous reports of inappropriate sexual advances, and he then went to work at Sinclair Mini Mart for about a year and a half before quitting on December 18, 1987. It was just a few days later when Ronald Simmons went on his murderous rampage. On the morning of December 22, 1987, he used a 22 caliber pistol to shoot his wife, Becky, and their oldest son, Ronald Jr. He then strangled his three-year-old granddaughter, Barbara. While Ronald waited for four of his other children, who were all still living at home at this time, he moved the bodies of the deceased into a large pit in the backyard that he had actually had the children dig, claiming that it would be used as an outhouse. Little did they know it would actually be used to discard their bodies after he had murdered them. The four children returned home a short while later, completely oblivious to the murders earlier that day. Ronald told the children that he had early gifts for each of them, but that he wanted to give them to them one at a time. Starting with his 17-year-old daughter, Loretta, one by one, he took them outside and strangled them. 14-year-old Eddie, 11-year-old Marion, 8-year-old Becky, and held their heads under water in a rain barrel. On December 26th, the rest of the family arrived to the house for their annual Christmas visit. 
Simmons' son Billy and his wife Renata showed up, only to be shot before he then strangled their 20-month-old son, Trey. He did the same to Sheila, her husband Dennis, the daughter that he shared with Sheila, Sylvia, who he strangled before he strangled 20-month-old Michael. Our creepy case will return after a few words from our sponsors. Simmons dumped seven of his family members' bodies in the backyard, leaving the other seven in the house, where he lined them up under the Christmas tree covering them with coats and sheets, except for Sheila, whom she was laid in state, covered by the finest of Becky's tablecloths. He then took the two bodies of 20-month-old Trey and 21-month-old Michael, wrapped them in plastic, and left them in two separate abandoned cars on the property. He then went for a drink at a local bar, returned home, and spent the next 24 hours drinking beer and watching television, surrounded by his family he had just murdered, like nothing had happened. On the morning of Monday, December 28th, Simmons actually continued his killing spree. He drove to Russellville, Arkansas, and at the office, of Peel and Eddie Law Firm, he shot 24-year-old administrative assistant Kathy Kendrick four times in the head, killing her. He then traveled to the Taylor Oil Company, where he shot owner Rusty Taylor, who was actually lucky enough to survive, and then shot employee Jim Chaffin, who did not. Someone at the oil company phoned police while Simmons made his way to that of his past employer, Sinclair Minimart, and there he shot two employees, both who survived. His final destination was another past workplace of his, Woodlion Motor Freight, where he shot Joyce Butts. The entire murderous rampage took maybe 45 minutes after He shot and killed Joyce. He surrendered himself to a secretary at the freight company. He stated, I just wanted to kill Joyce. Just Joyce. And then continued with, I've gotten everybody who wanted to hurt me. He waited, calmly, at Woodline until police arrived. Then he handed his gun over without any resistance. At the station, when police couldn't reach any family members, two officers drove out to the farm located at the foothills of the Ozarks. Upon first glance, it had all the appearances of a festive Christmas. Dazzling lights, a tree covered in ornaments, brightly wrapped presents, and a woman's corpse. 
It was three days after Christmas, and investigators realized that Simmons didn't only murder and wound the people in town, but had a much larger body count at his very own home. Simmons was then sent to the Arkansas State Hospital in Little Rock for a mental competency evaluation where Dr. Irving Kuo found him sane and able to stand trial. Our creepy case will return after a few words from our sponsors. smell that? The fairies must be whipping up something new over at the Wiccan Fae Candle Nook. The new layered candles are a must-have for any candle lover. You can choose from three scents to create your very own garden soiree or Sunday yummy Sunday. And the options don't stop there. With a wide variety of scent profiles and fun names like Bitch Slap Blue and Chill the Fuck Out, you're bound to find something for everyone. Right now, if you mention the discount code CREEPYSPOOKY at checkout, you can get 10% off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to pizzaandpigtails.com. Click the link in the left-hand corner and get your hands on your very own Wiccan Fae candle. Ronald Simmons actually ended up having two trials. On May 12, 1988, he was convicted of the murders of Kendrick and Chaffin, and he was sentenced to death by lethal injection plus 147 years. Simmons didn't appeal the sentence. Bill Clinton, who was governor of Arkansas at the time, was the one who actually signed Simmons' execution warrant. In the second trial, in February 1989, Simmons was found guilty of 14 counts of capital murder for his family members. Simmons was put to death on June 25, 1990. In his final hearing, he said, In my particular case, anything short of death would be cruel and unusual punishment. Which, you know, personally, I think maybe he should have suffered a little bit. You know, his victims did. Why shouldn't he? Nobody claimed Simmons' body, so he was buried in a pauper's grave. His attorney, John Harris, blames not only Simmons for the deaths of his family, but also the authorities who never successfully arrested him back in 1981. While Simmons never offered up a reason for his murderous spree, there are theories that surround the case. Now, of course, we have his statement of, I have, you know, I got everyone who wanted to hurt me, but we don't really know what he meant by that. Um, But one theory was that his wife was planning to divorce him. 
and she had actually wrote a letter to her son, Billy, a few days before Christmas um, that said, I don't want to live the rest of my life with dad. I am a prisoner here, and the kids too. Every time I think of freedom, I want out as soon as possible. And Becky had apparently wanted to leave for a while, but just could never seem to take the steps to do so. She despised Ronald, even before he began to abuse Sheila. She became very religious and prayed almost obsessively every day so that she didn't want to meet him in hell. Another theory was after the three eldest children, Billy, Sheila, and Ronald, had broken free of the home and were living their own lives, Ronald, who was controlling, felt that Sheila leaving was an ultimate act of betrayal. And he actually seemed jealous of Sheila's husband, who I from what I've seen, is a really good man, and he actually even knew the truth about Sylvia, who was the daughter that Ronald and Sheila shared, Um, but he still adopted her and took her on as his own child. Kathy Kendrick and Joyce Butts had also rejected Ronald and um, advances from him which is thought to be the reason that he murdered them, which that is probably the reason he murdered them. But, um, but yeah, it's, we're not quite, nobody's quite sure why he went on such a murderous rampage of all of his children and even the babies. Now, usually when I'm researching cases like this, you look back at the killer's past and you can kind of see instances that happened that could have kind of led them to commit the crimes they did. But when I looked into Ronald, um, he it, his early life is pretty, pretty mundane, pretty, um, there's no real signs of abuse. There's no signs of anything that could have, you know, tweaked something or made him snap. Um, He was born on July 15th, 1940 in Chicago, Illinois to Loretta and William Simmons. Now, William Simmons did die due to a stroke in 1943, and his mother remarried William Griffin, a civil engineer for the U.S. Army Corps of engineers in 1946, the family moved for the first of many times through Arkansas. Um, But it's been said that William was actually a very kind man towards Ronald, and it wasn't any kind of abuse or bad relationship. Um, On September 15, 1957, Ronald did drop out of school but he did so in order to join the U.S. Navy. He was stationed in Bremerton Naval Base in Washington, where he met Bersabe Rebecca Ulibari, who, known as Becky, and the couple married in 1960 in New Mexico. And over the next 18 years, the couple had seven children. 
1963, Ronald left the Navy and joined the Air Force. And during his 22-year military career, he actually earned a Bronze Star, the Republic of Vietnam Cross, and the Air Force Ribbon for excellent marksmanship. He retired from the military on November 30th, 1979, holding a rank of Master Sergeant. Now, like I said, there's no history of abuse in his past. He doesn't have a crime sheet, nothing to really plant him in any kind of rage or anger or revenge motive to take out on others. And um, and I, I kind of bring that up because there's a couple of things that I kind of wanted to touch point on. It, it almost doesn't matter what happens in a person's past, whether it's a good past or a bad past, you cannot judge them on the things that they do or have done presently. Because yes, our past does shape us into the people that we are today, but a lot of people can change. And a lot of people actually do outgrow and um, change from who they were in the past. So just keep that in mind um, for future cases that you may actually hear about on this show or even cases that happen in that are happening now. You cannot judge somebody by what they did or what was done in their past. Um, The creepiest part about this case to me is how someone could just murder. Murder in the first place. Like, I don't see how anybody can snap and just be so angry or have such a knack for vengeance or revenge to where they're going to actually take somebody's life. Um, But to do it to your entire family... For no real reason, and especially, like, innocent babies. Like, he murdered a three-month-old. A three-month-old baby who did absolutely nothing in this world except bring joy. Because that's what babies do. But let me hear your thoughts. Do you think that there's, there's a... A theory that goes around and it's called nurture versus nature and I've actually kind of been discussing this with a few people lately and I actually want to hear your thoughts on it what are your thoughts on nurture versus nature is it the way that we are we born with something that is disconnected or do we grow up and the way that we are treated as we grow up Or is it a mixture of both? Let me know your thoughts. Um, Also, join me next time for next episode is actually going to be One If by Land, Two If by Sea, located in New York, New York. Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces is a Pizza and Pigtails production. Writing, recording, and editing done by yours truly, along with Pizza and Pigtails Productions. You can find new episodes every Friday with bonus episodes coming out every other Tuesday. 
Follow along on Facebook and Instagram at creepycases.spookyspaces for all future news and updates. Don't forget to subscribe to Patreon or Anchor for access to bonus episodes, early access to episodes, and much more. And if you have a creepy case or a spooky space that you would like featured on the podcast, shoot me an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com. <laughs>